Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. A Spotify original. Yeah. How you feeling, man? Good, man. Yeah. Good, man. I still got a couple uh, got a couple creative things I want to do just for, for myself individually. Yeah? What you talking about? For, yeah. for the end of the year type five? Yeah, end of the year. I usually do one for my birthday. I didn't do one for my birthday, so... Uh, I figure I just turned into an end of the year type situation. Oh yeah, a look back on the year people. for you. Recap for for the future children to say, hey, you know what you you want to know what your old man was like in thirty. There you go. Yeah. See, this is hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, this is becoming quickly the voice, and I mean it, the literal voice of Chicago, not only sports, but narration in terms of your life. This man, Tony Gill, is, you know, spreading them wings and uh, building his media empire. So make sure you get in tune with with the the great Tony Gill uh, before before you run out of time or before uh, before them prices go way, way higher than you can afford because that's, that's around the corner. I feel like that's that's what 20, was it 2023 we're about to get into? That's what yeah, 2023 man. is looking like. Uh, yeah, man, you know, I was thinking about it today while riding around. I had a great day, man. I had an absolutely great day. It's not too often that I get a chance to say that, but I uh, hung out with my, my son all day pretty much today and 
you know, we uh, we were planning to go get, uh, you know, our, our manicures, right? And look good for the new year. But uh, my girl, Big Oksana, she didn't have any space for us. So me and Jay slid to Target. Next thing you know, we had a bowling date set up where every uh, at the end of every year, I try to uh, get my little cousins and my uncle uh, together to go bowling, right? Right after Christmas or right before New Year's Eve or somewhere in that area when people are on winter break. My cousin Tony from Belize, who's 21 years old, he's in town. So brought him along, went bowling with the family, just had a had a blast, got a chance to see my young son interact with some of the older men in his life. You know what I mean? My, my, my cousins are 19 and I believe 16, 15 now. And of course, my uncle is a little bit older than me and my, my other young cousin, Tony. So it was good to see multiple generations of the family together and it's also good to see you know when when you find out that your kid has uh that competitive spirit in him he was uh he was none too happy about some of the the gutter balls that he was throwing he didn't want to play with bumpers right didn't really want to play with the ramp but then he started bouncing the ball all over the place and i didn't want him to break his little toes so had myself a, a fantastic day riding around thinking about what we were going to discuss this evening uh for this last pod of the Year 2022, uh, looking forward to everything that 2023 has to offer, bigger and better and brighter, hopefully. But I uh, I got real messy because I'm sitting around thinking about Derek Carr for some reason. That Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm riding around thinking about the benching of one Derek Carr. First of all, Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders have been a shit show. And you might ask yourself, hey, Jay, how, what does this have to do with the Bears? What does this have to do with Chicago sports? Well, follow me on this because there's some tentacles here, Tony, and I need your help on this because I'm going to show you and tell you how I got messy along this route. Derek Carr is, um, by by most uh, reports and most people around and in the NFL, one of the better dudes in the league, right? Like he's, you know, he's one of those God-fearing men that that you truly believe are God-fearing, you know, not just saying it just to make you feel bad or judgmental as hell. Like one of those dudes, like when the Henry Rugg situation happened, there, there are very few people who could have handled that situation the way that Derek Carr did. And, uh, you know, He's also one of those guys who is a limited ceiling quarterback, right? Like, you know what you're going to get out of him. Had a ton of interceptions this year. But the fact that they told this man, hey, we're going to sit you down for the last two games. And he was like, that's fine. I will stay my happy ass at home just to not be a distraction. They put all that extra stuff on it. But the Las Vegas Raiders are now in the hunt for a quarterback. And with this Lions-Bears game, that just throws another team in the mix that the Bears could mess around and try to – figure out who wants to trade up to that number two or number three spot, right? Like if the Bears end up with the number one pick, that means the Texans won a couple of games. That means the Bears lost their last two games, which can happen. Right. It could happen. I don't see it happening. I think the Texans are going to win one of these last two games. I think the Bears are going to be solidly in that number two or number three slot. But follow me here, guys. Okay, Derek Carr and what's going on with him. And then you've got Devontae Adams, who – 
made no qualms, no bones about, yeah, I came here to play with my friend. And if my friend ain't here, this shit is looking mighty ass. <laughs> like this shit is looking cheeks around here. And I don't, I don't blame them, right? Because you look around, can you imagine coming somewhere or, or arriving somewhere and because you wanted to work with somebody and the year that you get there, that person no longer has that gig and it's NFL football that you now got to play as a wide receiver. Talk about Jared Stidham and now you go talk about a rookie quarterback or a bridge quarterback. Nah, get me the hell up out of here. So Bears fans, don't you wish you had that second pick? Don't you wish you had that second round pick that you traded for Chase Claypool? Huh? Huh? Five games, 111 whopping yards, huh? Just game changing, dominating yards. Now, I'm not making fun of Chase Claypool here. The man has a knee injury. You know, health is is wealth. You don't want to kick a man while he's down. I'm making fun of all you idiots out there that got mad at me for saying that Chase Claypool for a second round draft pick was too steep a price, even though I understand it was going to upgrade the position. Tony, I went back and looked at that tweet. Boy, the replies on that bitch have aged like milk, much like the people who were sending them. Boy, I'm sitting there looking at people talking to me about he's much better than anybody's coming out of the draft. You know, one dude actually told me, well, you know, it's going to be a late second round, early third. I'm like, well, you know, you don't know shit about the trade. I, dude, I, there are so many I told you so moments in my life that I just let go by. But, man, if I'm not going to party on this one, like if Devontae Adams wants out, if DeAndre Hopkins wants out, if Mike Evans wants out, and you messing around and <laughs> you might not have what they want in terms of draft capital, that that 36th or 37th pick along with that first rounder, yeah, like this is this is what happens when you overspend, when you go shopping for things you don't need. Trust me, as a person who has done that many a time in his life, <laughs> you sitting there eating oodles and noodles with all the best gear on, that's what the Bears are looking like right now with Chase Claypool and that second round draft pick price tag. But I digress. Let's get even messier, okay? Because now... I'm taking a look at what's what's been happening, the NFL landscape, right? Your boy Russell Wilson is out here getting protected now by all the wide receivers that were screaming at him on Twitter. Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler out here professing their love for that man. And, you know, I die for three and Russ is my boy. And I'm like, y'all, knock it off. It's this big cap now. Like, it's, the man got hurt really bad and everybody's like, oh, shit, we shouldn't have probably piled on him like we did. Let's, let's go get it. Yeah, stop the cap. That for 2023, that is the motto. And I'm going to tell you all right now, this podcast is going to get a lot more um, abrasive and a lot more earnest. I let these first 200 episodes do what they did. But now nah, we, we turning it up in 2023. You know why? Because this year was as dreadful a sports year that we kind of covered in syrup as I can remember. Right? The Hawks are ass. <laughs> the, the Cubs played well in the second half when nobody was watching them. The Sox did what they did by kicking us in the nuts the entire season long. And then we get, you know, a, a healthy topic off of the Chicago Bulls 2022-2023 campaign that's only 33-34 games into it and it feels like it's it's a, a tormenting kind of vibe every single night. You don't know what you're going to get. I'm, I'm done with it. I am absolutely done with it. We have been playing these games for too long to not call it what it is. So here's the mess that I want to engage in. All right. Derek Carr 
we all know somebody got to be the Indianapolis Colts quarterback. That's an old dude who nobody believes in anymore. They, they love doing it. They did it with Philip Rivers. They did it with Carson Wentz. They did it with Matt Ryan. Derek Carr, go ahead and get fitted for that shoe. What is that? That horseshoe on the side of your helmet right now. Go ahead. Enjoy Indianapolis. Go to St. Elmo's Steakhouse, the place that I've never been to, but seemingly I've been to because that's all anybody ever mentions when they talk about Naptown. And then the dominoes start to drop, right? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be a Green Bay Packer, right? What's the NFC North going to look like after this year? If Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings falter in the first round of the playoffs, do they keep that thing together offensively, right? Are they going to get to that point where they're looking at him like, you know what? You look and smell a lot like Matt Schaub and Andy Dalton. Uh, It's time for us to move on because Justin Jefferson, you know, you want to maximize that dude's window for as long as you possibly can before any real injury befalls the young man, right? So, If Aaron Rodgers is looking at Denver because Denver ain't moving on and really can't move on for a couple of years. If he's looking at San Francisco because Brock Purdy right now is cooking and Kyle Shanahan would love to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers, like all these dudes at some point in their career, are tired of playing in the cold and and want to go back to the crib or what is closer to the crib. And of course, we all know that uh, Aaron Rodgers is a California dude, if I'm not mistaken. So walk with me here, Tony. As messy as I possibly could get as I'm enjoying the time out with my family and my son. We got to make this happen. The fuck them kids tour that Tom Brady needs to go on and become a Las Vegas Raider. It needs to be in motion. We need to make it happen. We need to will it. We need to speak it into power. I need Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels to be on the same team. And I need like Tom Brady slowly, but surely, you know, the the Patriots prison that he was in for a little while while winning all those Super Bowls. Then he's like, Hey, I'm gonna go have a vacation. I'm gonna go kicking in Tampa Bay for a little while. And then he got into, or didn't think Bruce Arians was the guy that he should be listening to, wanted to you know, flirt with the, 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 the opportunity of maybe having some ownership stake in the Miami Dolphins and, and being on that side of things. And then all of a sudden the Brian Flores stuff happens and dudes are sending text messages to, to brothers and thinking that they white dudes. And, and then the NFL pushes the button on the Miami Dolphins like, hey, y'all better go sign everybody now because y'all got us out here looking bad. You, the owner is paying dudes to, to – to, to, to uh, throw games, right? So Tom Brady has messed around and gone from the Patriots to the Buccaneers, flirted with the Dolphins thing. Let's just go ahead and, and, and bring that thing on home. The F the Kids tour needs to arrive in Las Vegas. Can you imagine Tom Brady, just the, 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 the middle-aged crisis that he is going through in Vegas, right? Still being Tom Brady and... Uh, obviously, Josh McDaniels, they, you know, they got that New England connection. I'm looking forward to all the mess that's the, that needs to happen on the quarterback carousel just so I can look at the NFC North next year and ask myself, who's the best quarterback in the division, right? Because if Aaron Rodgers moves on, if Kirk Cousins if stays Kirk Cousins or moves on, because the Minnesota Vikings are going to do what the Minnesota Vikings do. Let's let's keep it funky. We Nobody listening to this pod thinks the Minnesota Vikings are going to go on some long playoff run. I thought they would win the NFC North because the NFC North is not a very good division, as we've seen this year, right? Going into next year, if Aaron Rodgers is elsewhere, and Jared Goff, who the Bears will see this weekend, at Ford Field, 
in a Detroit Lions uniform. If Jared Goff has proven that he is the bridge quarterback for whoever they're going to draft and he's there for the next couple of years or next year, I'm not mad at Justin Fields being, you know, second best maybe quarterback in the division going into next year. Like, am I am I out over my skis on this one? Did I did I get too much Christmas cheer in my spirit? Am I too enthused about the new year, Tony Gill? Like, you're always the person who brings me back down to earth when I'm out here doing crazy shit or thinking crazy things. Am I am I tripping right now? With not only my scenario, because I love the fact that I put Tom Brady in a Raiders uniform and ha- to have him never call his ex-wife or his kids again and enjoy himself in Vegas. Well, I don't even believe he's going to Vegas. Like that was Do you? The, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw that maybe a few months back. Uh, Gronk was hosting a show and had Dana White on. And Dana was like, you want to tell him? He was like, oh, yeah, that, that Brady to Vegas deal was done. Um, that was the original plan. Oh, see, see, uh, I didn't but, know about this. But yeah, but you remember how Brady went on the shop? It was like they chose that MF. Oh, yeah. That MF yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah. It was, was Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah. So now yeah. they got my man's up out of up out of the paint. Tom's boy. He don't mind Josh McDaniels, even though Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach. But with Tom Brady, he's had success. So go ahead and do the original play. He can't go to Miami. That's that's dead now. Yeah. The NFL will not let that happen. So yeah, my man's going to uh and you don't think he's talking to Mike Evans right now? Like, hey, come 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 up come up there and meet me in Devontae up in uh in Vegas. We'll 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 handle the rest there. You don't think he's doing uh, that right now? I would if I was Tom Brady. I'm just I'm just enamored with the, the, the Tom Brady heel turn, right? Like the super villain Tom Brady. Because he's, I mean, let's let's keep it funky. He's been a super villain to a certain segment of people for a very long time now. But I'd like to see him fully embrace it and go be a Raider. You know what I mean? Only talk to your kids on FaceTime. Send that send that child support like you're supposed to and keep it moving. Yeah, right? go, go ahead and be the go ahead and be the professional athlete that you always wanted to be. I mean, he was already the most famous baby daddy in all of sports, right? So now, you know. Just go ahead and cap it off. And and knowing Tom Brady, he'll mess around and win a Super Bowl because that's just what Tom Brady does. Like after a while, like how many Super Bowls do you have to have before it's like, okay, bro, you you know, you cemented not only the GOAT status, but now you just now you just look maniacal and a little bit weird, to be honest with you. It's the full goat, baby! There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. My man, Darnell Mayberry. Darnell, how y'all doing this evening, man? Doing great. Never better. Ah, oh, you know, we we got a couple more days left in the year. This is always my favorite time because it's all it's like 48 hours for some dumb shit to happen, right? Like, like, like all I'm doing right now is looking at the timeline like, all right, Andrew Tate. All right, there it is. <laughs> who's next? <laughs> Who, who's next on the dumbass, you know, uh, uh, wheel of shame? The 48 hours left in the year. But I digress. It is our guy, Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic cover is the Bulls like a blanket uh, and is out here, out here just heating up these Bulls streets with uh, with some 
observations that I think Bulls fans can get behind. And I, I don't know about you, Darnell, but the, the Milwaukee win after the Houston loss, you know, you're in a weird space where uh, are you are you the angry guy if you're like, ah, but, you know, that doesn't make me feel good about the Houston loss. Or are you the realistic person sitting back looking at this team thinking to yourself, man, I'm mad that y'all have to be told that you should emphasize details and effort and um, hustle and IQ and all those things. Where where do you think Bulls fans are falling and where are you as a basketball observer falling as far as this basketball team is concerned? Because there, there's some likable pieces, but some total, this team just, this team just has me questioning everything that I thought I believed when it comes to basketball, right? Like, they should be better than what they are. Uh, I don't want to be the Grinch every damn night talking about this team, but it just seems like they... they I don't know who they're fighting against because their coach got an extension. Your backcourt is going to be here for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, Lonzo Ball gets back in there. Like, the the brass... You know, the, the, the higher ups seemingly have been told you can go ahead and figure this one out because we ain't rebuilding no time soon. So where are you at right now with this squad? I enjoy them for what they are and who they are. Um, they're not championship level. They're not elite. And they're not what we've seen in four of the last five years prior to last year, basically. So um, we know that we know who they are and. It's interesting because we knew that the Milwaukee win didn't erase the Houston loss. We know that. Right. You can still enjoy that Milwaukee win, which was without Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, by the way. But still, no doubt. doubt. But still, you know, I think, you know, for me, as one of the people who are tasked with chronicling this team, I get tired of pointing out that their wins came against teams playing without some of their best players. So, um, at some point, I think, and that's the beauty of sports, right? You have to just enjoy it for what it is at some point. You know, every game can't be championship-level stakes. Uh, every season's not going to be championship-contending season. So uh, we know that about these Bulls now, and I think I'm at the point now where it's just enjoy the good times and and chronicle the the, the BS as best I can. Where do you think this team went wrong? Uh, is it the roster composition? Is it handing out of deals that, that some people now are bristling about, namely Zach Levine? Um, you know, is it the is it the drafting uh, that we expected Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley to kind of master? And so far, they've I, I think you know an above average grade can kind of be given, but you know that's because of the play of Ayo Desumu and not so much Patrick Williams, even though he's played better as of late. Like where where, where do you think this thing got to 14 and 19? Like, how did it happen? And is it all just Lonzo Ball's knee? <laughs> I mean, I don't even think it's this season. I think it's the first um, – you got to go back to the beginning of the AK era. And I think they got here the same way most of us end up in a mess. They tried to skip steps. They tried <laughs> to cut corners. They tried to get around some things, and yeah, as soon as they made that boots trade, you knew it was going to be a short window of them having a chance to compete, 
Um, and it was shorter than anyone anticipated because of the Lonzo Ball injury. Then you factor in all of that stuff. But we knew their margin of error was extremely small uh, in this window with DeRozan and Vucevic and Levine. And mm. one injury is all it took. We didn't know it was going to have to be the, the Lonzo Ball. Uh, you know, you would have thought it might have been DeRozan or Levine that would cripple this team, but it was the starting point guard who I think a lot of us slept on coming in. Now looking at it and looking at what you gave up and looking at what you're chasing now in terms of draft capital, what, now that we can zoom out, what is the, what was the impetus for the Nikola Vucevic trade? Was it AK and Mark Eversley saying this cupboard is too bare and it's time for us to win now. Um, did they did they see something maybe in Zach Levine's free agency and upcoming free agency that maybe they wanted to show him that we could pair you with somebody that you could trust? Like, how did Nikola Vucevic end up here, and how did that thinking or that thought process play out now that we can look back on it a year later? You have to go back to when they first got here. I think Mark Eversley, the GM, even said, you know, they want to return the Bulls to a level of relevancy where uh, they would be in the conversation. And so Wendell Carter Jr., if you remember, wasn't playing well in that moment. The Vooch trade presented itself. They saw an opportunity and they pounced. I do give the, the front office credit for taking those big swings and and at least trying to improve the roster in the best way that they see fit. That obviously wasn't the trade to make. Um, but I think that's that's where it started. You know, they wanted to get this team back to a, a level of respectability. Uh, they were tired of the jokes and national punchlines and all of that. Uh, and it they succeeded in that, but it mm-hmm. was short-lived. And that's, that's going to be the ultimate uh, thing that we remember is that it ultimately led to one playoff win. Now, everybody talks about what happened, what, a week or so ago, the the Minnesota Timberwolves halftime exchange, the game where they gave up 150 points. And, you know, it worked so much in the, at half that they gave up another 79 in the third and fourth quarters of that game. Like, I still go back to that, by the way. It's like, oh, it worked. They, they won the next three games. Like, but the next two quarters, they still gave up damn near 80. Um, that exchange – at the end of this season, when we look back on it, what do you think the significance of it will be, if any, in, in terms of what this team uh, stated, what this team is, and what this team should be? If you're asking specifically about the locker room moment, I think, if anything, it was the necessary moment that this roster needed to kind of make sure everyone Stop bullshitting. We're on the same page. <laughs> We're on the, it's your podcast. Yeah, We're yeah, on the yeah, same yeah. page. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do think that that was a moment that they needed. Um, everyone had to get some things out. And I think, you know, whatever was said in whatever way it was said, it needed to be heard by some people in the locker room. Uh, and probably some people needed to get some things off of their chest that they've been holding. Uh, since the start of the season so I think ultimately that's what we're going to look back on it as is as a pivotal moment that grievances had been aired and and they had probably been held on to for a long time and that is something that whether it works or not moving forward I think the roster needed that moment to where some real hard truths were shared 
What do you make of all the stuff that was swirling around the Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan relationship, Zach versus the Bulls and all this other stuff that was happening? Like what what what's what dust has settled and what's still up in the air? Because to find out that Zach was still upset about the Orlando benching was, you know, I mean, we all kind of understood that that was the case. But for it to come up again and for it to publicly be acknowledged by him kind of put him in a different light. So, you know, wh- where do you think the relationships are with the best players on this team right now? I, I think personally, it's it's fine. Um, and that was in our report at The Athletic. It's fine. I think where the disconnect uh, and the tension is, is on the court. And you just have two guys whose games aren't really tailor-made for each other. And that's something that I'm not sure you can overcome. Mm -hmm. DeMar DeRozan is used to playing a certain way. Zach Levine is accustomed to having the ball in his hands. We even saw that in the Milwaukee game where (laughs) Zach didn't have much of an opportunity down the stretch. I mean, the ball was in DeMar DeRozan's hands. And if you're Zach Levine... You know, we can always talk about my team, whose team, this team, that team, uh, who's the man and all of that. I don't think it's so much that as it is, does my playing style fit with his playing style? Mm -hmm. And as long as that's uh, in question, I think there's always going to be a level of professional tension. Do you think their playing styles match up enough for this team to win at a certain level or at a higher level than we've seen? I don't. And, And the reason for that is they're, you know, they're veteran players who are used to playing a certain way. Um, and I don't think they're accustomed, uh, or I don't think they're willing to drastically change the way they play now at this stage in their careers in order for it to work. So the the problem that I was having, Darnell, was, and, and the Houston game still sticks out to me, is kind of like, and my man Casey Johnson mentioned, is like you just adding worst loss of the season games to each other. Like, okay, it was San Antonio, then it was Oklahoma City, and then, you know, Orlando. Now it's the Houston game. The problem that I had is everyone acknowledged seemingly that they came out there uh, with a lack of urgency. Everyone to a man said those words and I'm thinking to myself going into that you, you you 14 and 18 like how can you take anyone less than seriously so where where is that disconnect if at all between the players what they actually say and what they're executing and also Billy Donovan because Billy Donovan mentioned his shoot around that he didn't he didn't I guess relay it properly to the to the to the fellas that this was a, a trap game and how you know you needed to be on your A game because this is the kind of game that, that, that you let slip away way um that's him taking a bullet for his players obviously but if they ain't paying you off by actually going out there and and you know having your back by playing hard then what are we doing here it's been an issue most of the season slow starts first quarter third quarter i mean it it wasn't just the houston game (laughs) right you're not getting the message clearly so um there's there's a lot of layers i think within this bulls team this season Um, And I'm looking forward to the next month and a half to see how they unravel because the trade deadline coming and I don't think they can maintain the status quo. We saw them do that last season uh, Mm -hmm. at the deadline. We saw them do that this summer for the most part uh, outside of Drogic and Drummond. I just think they have to make a move now uh, and not blow it up, not blow it up. But I do think DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic have expired as a as a trio. I think we're going to see a move. So 
where does that move come from? And you just mentioned Vooch. He's got the expiring deal. There's talk about, you know, the Golden State Warriors and teams like that being interested in a guy like Alex Caruso. Uh, where, where are those deals or who, who's most likely to be dealt? And then I'll ask you uh, the question of, like, what's, what's most important? In terms of not, you know, the, the the person that's more attractive or the player that's more attractive than another, but what's most important to keep on this team going forward? Well, I think the Booch and the Rosen contracts are going to be the most attractive and going to be what the Bulls can probably get the most for at this at this stage. And I only say that because I don't see people giving up a lot for Zach Levine at the start of his max deal in addition to the health concerns uh, that that are still on him right now with the knee and how he's recovering. Um, But, you know, the Bulls, if they can get – I wrote this, Jason, it's funny because everyone laughed when the former regime said younger and more athletic, but (laughs) it's clear that the Bulls need to get younger and more athletic now. Um, If they can get a young, athletic, shot-blocking center, I think that Mm -hmm. can help this roster. If they can get some more shooting in here – um, and it doesn't even have to be superstars. I mean, it can be role player type guys um, who you can depend on. You know, that that's the biggest thing. I mean, they need reliable performers, uh, which they haven't had over the years. Um, but if you build around Zach, you hope Lonzo Ball's healthy. Uh, I don't think you give up on Patrick Williams. You got Dalen Terry, who uh, a lot of people in the Bulls media know I'm, I'm high on. Uh, I think that rookie uh, is going to have some – I think he's got potential and he's got a promising future. Uh, so there are pieces, but you think I think you have to extract some value from DeRozan while you can and from Vucevic before he walks as a free agent next season. I don't see him re-signing here in Chicago. I think he's definitely going to be traded before or as a sign-and-trade potentially next summer, but I do see both of those guys potentially being on the move. What does this team look like with Zach Levine as the best player again going forward now with his new – label of max player already been an all-star uh and some of the other parts of his game that still need refinement even though he's in year nine you know you are what you are at some point um what what's the ceiling for a team where zach levine is once again the best player on it first round Hmm. essentially i mean i don't it's clear that he isn't the type of guy you know he's not jason tatum right um you know but you're still hoping that he can blossom. Uh, and while there is that level of you are what you are uh, at a certain point, there are cer- certain things that Zach can still improve on. And we've talked about them, Jason, the decision-making, the defense, uh, consistency, uh, you know, fourth quarter ability and crunch time situation. So um, there, there's a lot that the Bulls are still hoping at the start of this contract, Zach Levine figures out. And if he does and they do their job, and surround him with capable complementary talent, then I think the future uh, is not as bleak as it might appear today. Uh, but that takes a lot. Zach Levine improving and Arturis Karnaschovas and his staff getting it right and not trying to cut corners moving forward. You think Michael Reinsdorf is ready to retool again? Or do you think that he might be pressing the button on a you make this thing work because we can't keep doing this kind of vibe? I mean, I'm looking at the building the last few nights. It was packed. <laughs> it was packed in there. The Christmas, hey, the Southwest debacle got everybody stuck in Chicago going to the Bulls game. 
Michael Reinsdorf ain't tripping right now. But I do think, you know, they're happy with the progress that was made last season. Yeah. Uh, they want to sustain it. AK said at the beginning of the season, they wanted to build on it and, and potentially make it to the second round this season. So um, it's clear that this franchise is, is chasing success. Uh, maybe not always wisely, but they want to be in the thick of it. They want to be in the conversation. And the past, you know, three what three out of the last four years were horrible. I don't mm. I don't see any reason why they would want to be back there. Uh, and now the last thing I'll say, Jason, I'll, I'll shut up. Without those draft picks, it doesn't really make much sense to try to you know shift and and go a drastically different direction because you don't have that capital to rely on if you bottom out. So uh, they're kind of in a position where they have to maintain and this this core to some degree and try to figure it out. What's the profile of Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley? Like what, after after covering them now for the last couple of years, uh, what do you know about them? What, what do you think they value? Uh, what are some of the missteps? And what do you think they've learned from over this last couple of years in, in running this organization? Yeah, I mean, I think they, they're still patient. That's why they haven't come out and and said anything, you know, as much as we would like to hear from them. You have to applaud them for not being reactionary um, because that's how you end up in the situation in the first place. You know, being reactionary, being um, quick to make changes when they may not be necessary. Um, and so hopefully Arturis has learned something from that. You know, start there and then move forward. Um, but he's he's tried to um, layer this roster, improve this roster. And I do give them credit to some degree for going after Danilo Gallinari and missing. You know, like you have mm -hmm. to to realize and keep in perspective that just because we know the needs doesn't mean that they're always able to go out there and address them. So uh, they got Dragic, they got Drummond. We see them trying. And we also know, again, they had their limitations. They probably were told not to exceed the tax. They didn't exceed the tax. Right. Uh, and so, you know, Let's see what they do at the deadline in, in this offseason. I think that's going to be the true test, knowing that their first real attempt at this thing did not pan out. How are they going to pivot and then try to try to build again? And last thing I have for you, what do you got on Lonzo Ball? What is there? I, I know every week is seemingly there's no new news, uh, but what do you, what have you seen anything like this? And and what's next? You think like at what point? do people start i know the worry is already set in but what at what point do you start having other conversations about where his career might be at, at you know when you have a year after surgery still dealing with pain and, and and not being able to run and all those other and do just simple basketball things yeah this is this is similar kind of to the jonathan isaac situation where he's just out you know totally different injuries totally different bodies of course but um, just out and and just lingering and lingering. Um, the thing about Lonzo's thing that just worries me is that it was a non-contact injury, and and you just you know you don't know what it is, and you don't know if he's going to be himself. Um, and that's the thing that I I just hope for for his sake, he's able to get back on the floor and be some version of the old Lonzo Ball who was progressing into one of the best two-way point guards in, in the league, young point guards in the league. So um, 
you know, I, I don't expect to see him on the floor this season. Um, we're already almost halfway through. And if the Bulls are fortunate to make the playoffs at this point, they're in the same boat that they were last season where you're kind of rushing him back. And I just don't see it. So hopefully he can use all of this season to get right and come back next season uh, just like his old self. You got any uh, New Year's Eve plans besides Bulls, Cavs, my man? Nah, man, no plans. I'm I'm out the game, the New Year's <laughs> Eve game. See, look I'm, at it, Tony. I wouldn't even talk about going out. I just asked the man had plans. Game. I ain't got yeah. no plans. I'm going to have my daughter. That's my plan. I'm old, Yeah, there you old, go. Old father. You know how there it you goes. Go. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to have Jace as well. So, like, you and I both, we are out yeah. the game. And whenever, whenever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a, little, a little something in the cup. That's about it. But when two 40-year-old men are chatting basketball and the last thing they end up with is I'm out the game and talk about their babies, this is officially the Wash Podcast. Darnell, thank you so much for your time, man. Another great year in the books. Uh, appreciate you anytime I run into you, brother. And, uh, you know, uh, continued blessings going on to this new year. Anytime, Jason. Happy New Year to you and yours, brother. Yes, sir. Darnell Mayberry right here on the Full Go Podcast. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC Pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Riding around thinking about these things and thinking about this Sunday's game. Um, you get Tevin Jenkins and Cody White here back in practice, right? In a limited uh, participation role. Uh, I think the Bears going to win this weekend. I think the Bears going to win on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. And simply because Luke Getze, I think, learns things game to game that we'd like for him to learn in game. And also, the way that they're talking about Justin Fields in terms of him getting better, I think now the pressure is being put on Justin because if you haven't noticed in, in the last couple of pods and last couple of games especially, I've said this, like he's reverted back to some things that we were talking about before the four-game run where, you know, holding on to the ball a little bit longer than normal. Now, he's not turning the football over, but holding, holding on to the ball and, of course, the offense not being as explosive as it was during the four-game run. So now's the time where some things can get corrected. 
I know a lot of people out there rooting for the tank win where he plays well and they lose. But I I think they go out there and put up a decent effort against the Detroit Lions team who, I don't know if they're reeling, but that that loss to the Carolina Panthers not only hurt, but it it physically hurt. Like, you get ran off for 300 yards, you're getting pounded into the sand for four quarters. It's as simple as that. And Chuba Hubbard and Devontae Foreman did that. Uh, Khalil Herbert doesn't seem to have his running legs back yet. But, you know, if Khalil Herbert can look anything like the first six, seven games of the season, Khalil Herbert, then I think you got yourself your, your, your dynamic duo running back tandem back. Uh, you'd be able to run the football a little bit against this team. And also, you know, what, what Justin did last time he saw this Detroit Lions team at Soldier Field. I mean, he was the fastest player on the field, and he showed it a couple of times, outrunning Jeffrey Okuda to the corner of the end zone on, a, I believe, it was a 63-yard run. Like, there are certain plays that I think will be out there to be made. It's just, will he make them now? The fact that Equin- uh, you know Equinemius St. Brown is, is is most likely going to be down. Uh, the fact that Chase Claypool uh, is still you know doubtful with that knee injury, and even if he's healthy, I don't know how much you're going to get out of him. And the fact that Chase Claypool is talking about hoping people aren't counting me out just yet, like that ain't your worry, brother. You you got to get out on the field and make plays. That's that's what it is. And by the way, I you know I don't want to go without saying this. Um, shout out to the Bears and the not just the organization, but the assembled media for handing out that good guy award in honor of Jeff Dickerson this last this week. Um, you know, a year ago around this time, we lost JD as uh, the the you know the city and the sporting community and the the Bears observers that we are and a guy who actually I got a chance to work with Jeff Dickerson I, I interned uh, for a little bit under Jeff Dickerson and spent many uh, many a night in Bourbonnais hanging out with JD at, at you know Vito's and some other places uh, in Bourbonnais Illinois during Bears training camp so um, you know God rest uh, a great dude. Um, you know, condolences still go out to his family and his mom and dad were on hand for the presentation of the award to Cole Komet. Uh, shout out to all the assembled media for wearing the JD uh, T-shirts and, and hoodies out there, keeping his memory alive for a, um, a swell guy, man, a, a good dude, a terrific reporter and uh, a good dad and a, and a great husband. Um, and, you know, shout out to his, his, his family and, and of course, you know, his kid, because uh, JD, it was uh, a special guy, a special guy. So, you know, a good moment happened this week at, at Soldier Field. Cole Komet receiving that award. And I'm looking forward to Cole Komet, you know, putting on a little bit here. You know, he had a nice little three-game run where they were getting him the football. He was scoring touchdowns. And then he kind of, I won't say disappeared, but he kind of settled back into the Cole Komet production that we were used to seeing. So looking forward to seeing Cole Komet exploit that Detroit Lions defense a little bit and just getting this thing – I won't say back on track because they've lost they've lost eight nine games in a row, but making us feel better going into the offseason about this offense because we all know what the defense is. They got the fewest amount of sacks in the NFL. Uh, you got guys who are trying to make plays in that secondary, but they're covering forever, and you're still not you're still not finding anybody in that front four who is separating themselves for next year. Even a guy like Travis Gibson, who I thought was going to uh, be a guy who with more. 
reps, uh, more opportunities, increased exposure. You know, he had six, seven sacks in a part-time role, but that was on the other side of Khalil Mack and some real dudes. So when when you're not getting that singled up, uh, you know, blocking all the time or people are looking at you as one of the guys that might be a pass rush threat and you get blocked up the way that he has this year, this has not been the season for him to build on. So looking forward for these last couple of games to, to seeing who uh, can show some kind of fight uh, who can win one-on-one battles because damn sure ain't nobody getting double teamed on that line so who can win some one-on-one battles down the stretch this Detroit Lions team you know if, if you get to Jared Goff you can win the football game he's a guy who needs a perfect pocket he's a guy who needs receivers to be open he can get him the football he can distribute the rock but if if anything is is off schedule or if he's forced to move in a way that's a little bit cumbersome you can you can get some footballs and that's what Kyler Gordon and, and Jaquan Brisker have done and and this whole secondary, you know, this, you know, without Eddie Jackson, right, without some of the veterans that, you know, Jalen Johnson and and, 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 and Kendall Vildor, I mean, there's some young guys who have been playing some decent football over the last couple of weeks in that secondary, even though the front four, the front seven hasn't provided much pressure. So that's all these Bears games for me. Uh, that's all these Bears games have been and, and will be for me down the stretch here in these last couple of weeks is trying to figure out who should be here. Who I don't the wins don't matter as much. I would like to see them close out a game, you know, do something well in the in the winning time moments of a football game, just so you understand that not only the coaching is reaching them, but they're starting to get it and execute at a different level. Because all the stuff that we talk about with Justin Fields, like you want to see him play well, but the people who want to see the Bears lose for a draft pick, it's like, wait a minute, if he plays well enough and then at the end of the game spits the bit or throws an interception, what really happened for four quarters? Like what what do you really think that you can build on? Because we've seen the big pop plays for three quarters. We've seen the big plays for two quarters and then we've seen mistakes or we've seen drive stall out or namely in the last couple of games we've seen what six turnovers yield you 10 points like I got to see this dude turn turnovers into touchdowns that's as simple as that you you get a short field and usually turnovers happen on a lopsided field you get a short field you're supposed to get the ball in the end zone you're supposed to be the architect of those drives so uh, you know it's 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 counterintuitive, counterproductive for me to say I want to see Justin Fields play a complete ball game and then say I want them to lose because if he's playing a complete ball game, he's supposed to be putting you in a position to win. And if you're in a position to win, you want him to see you want to see him get over that, you know, usually um, insurmountable task, which is late game situations. Like that's the next level. Third down conversions, red zone conversions, winning late. That's what Justin Fields has to show going forward. And I heard Jordan Palmer actually today talking to Lawrence Holmes and Layla Rahimi uh, about being a distributor. And it was some of the stuff that we talked about, you know, on this pod throughout the year that Justin Fields was never the run first dude that I thought that, well, that he's turned himself into, right? At, at Georgia in limited time and then at Ohio State, he was never the guy that was like, okay, tuck it and run. But you also don't want that to be uh, you know, your modus operandi. You don't want to be pigeonholed into being just a running quarterback. So in these last couple of weeks, even though we didn't see the design runs, and I think there needs to be a healthy balance of that and you know the, the emphasis being healthy because you don't want to get this dude hurt going into an offseason, but uh, allowing him to make the defense think, run, 
while also distributing the football and executing the game plan the way that it seems like it has to be executed for him to take that next step. You want to see that happen. And you can start against the Lions, right? You can end it up with the Vikings, but I want to see the, I want to see Justin Fields win a football game that either he's not supposed to win or he's been in position to, you know, put in position to win by the defense or by the special teams or just by his play for three quarters. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I've looked forward, actually, to these Bears games uh, every week this season because of how interesting this team has been. And just because, you know, understanding and feeling like you got a quarterback is, is, a, is a feeling that Bears fans and myself haven't had uh, very often in our fandom. So, you know, it's um, and also there's a lot of news around the team, right? Like the, the Kevin Warren stuff where you won't find uh, many more impressive dudes to be interviewing for the president uh, of your organization. Ted Phillips retiring after 23 years, got him the deal out in Arlington Heights. And you're looking at Kevin Warren, maybe if you're a Bears fan or if you're a member of the Bears organization and you're hoping that the stadium that he helped build in Minnesota, you can mirror that, you can replicate that in Arlington Heights here because the last thing the Bears want to do is have all this fanfare and have all this momentum about this move and even you know some of the questions about this move and who's going to subsidize it and public money and all this other stuff. Last thing you want to do is drop an egg in the middle of Arlington Heights because of poor planning or poor foresight or not having the artistic vision or, you know, having all the things detail wise down that that, uh, you know, a guy like Kevin Warren will uh, ensure that you do, Um, you know, first black power five commissioner uh, when he got a hold of the Big Ten. There, there wasn't much consternation because of what he did with Minnesota as the COO, uh, him you know, graduating Notre Dame law and, of course, jumping into this thing right when the pandemic happened and having to go up against parents of angry football players and just angry parents themselves in the Big Ten for not playing football uh, the way that they thought they should during the pandemic, right? Hell, even Justin Fields. I mean, Justin Fields was a dude who was um, notably against uh, what Kevin Warren was saying, the, uh, the, the route that the Big Ten – conference was going to go in, in terms of allowing players to play and you know the, the COVID restrictions and the COVID policies like Justin Fields spoke out against Kevin Warren so uh, hopefully Kevin Warren will be the pick if not somebody with more uh, bona fides but I don't know who that person is because he's a he's a very very impressive dude and I'm looking forward to seeing how this thing all comes about but all in all this this bear season you know as 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 we get ready to jump into 2023 it uh, it yielded more interesting times than I thought it would you know coming into this year I was really really worried about Justin Fields because of what we saw last year and how the start that they got off with him and promising Andy Dalton a starting job even though they didn't know that they would be in the position to draft and trade up for their franchise quarterback and keeping their word because everybody's a good guy in the building. Meanwhile, stunning the growth of your organization, stunning the growth of your quarterback and, you know, playing that thing ass backwards. Like, I didn't know what this season was going to yield. I was just hoping they found the guy. And when we realized they found the guy, people were still questioning if they found the guy. So these last couple of games, yeah, I, I am uh, I'm not of the popular opinion of everybody else where you're, you're, you're trying to still tank 
for a higher draft pick. Like usually you're tanking to try to get the most important position on the field filled. I feel like you have that position filled in Justin Fields. It's just now, what is it going to look like going into next year? What questions can you come away having already answered in this campaign? And you got two more weeks to do it. We'll see if they do it. I think the Bears will beat these Detroit Lions on Sunday. Uh, what's that? New Year's Day, right? That's New Year's Day? Why are you shaking your head, Tone? You, you don't think they're going to win? That's the worst outcome. I don't need them to win. If they win, what do what do they prove? I'm talking about everything get, that I just said. If, if the way get, they win the to picks. me would be important. Get the picks, but, man. So so what would be the difference in having the number two or the number three pick for you? Um, I think Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, like I, 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 I do. <laughs> two think prospects that, people think can't miss. I do think one is better than the other. Um, I do like the options that you have with the higher pick in terms of now you can upcharge some more people um with with that with the higher pick. But um, I mean everybody's got the same chart in terms of value. So it's not like mm-hmm. there's going to be an immense uh different it's not like you you know you got number seven pick on the line as opposed to number two. Is number three or number two and maybe might be long shot, you know, not even long shot, but might be number one. They're still in the running for the number one pick, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's my other thing, too, is like Houston may may win one of these, mm-hmm. but you're in better position to get the number one. So, I mean, one is is he healthy? My thing, you know, if he's not feeling it, if he if his shoulder is bothering him. There's no reason to prove anything to anybody, and the organization should make that clear to him that they are with him no matter if he plays or if he doesn't play. If he feels like it, then if if he doesn't feel like going, the organization will be there to support him because it's not about this year. There's nothing else to prove this year. So you don't need to see anything else. I don't need to see anything else. Mm -mm. Two games is... You could say, oh, he it, it adds to his collective uh, career, but what is he going to learn in two games that is going to drastically improve the player that he is now? I, I just don't see it. But if he plays, he plays. You know, I'm not going to be upset at it. It'll be, mm-hmm. I, he's definitely you know made for TV, so I, I would definitely be watching. But I don't need him to play or prove anything else to me. Yeah, I'd like to see him not only play, but I'd like to see him torch some of these defenses. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Justin Fields game that I know is in there, and maybe that's what I'm chasing, right? Like the the game where even if dudes are dropping the ball or people aren't blocking, I'm looking for the game that will dispel all this bullshit about him only being a running quarterback, or you know, not only dispel it, but looking forward to seeing him stack the growth moments right like I think the last two weeks him not throwing an interception those are growth moments especially against those two defenses in Philadelphia and Buffalo the plays that he's still making in the passing game you know the 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 pass to Valus Jones like those there's one or two of those a game now I want to see the um, you know the, the 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 routine double play balls turned right like I want to see I want to see the stuff that you should be doing I want to see it I want to see it locked down. So going into next year, the certain things can be checked off your your list in in terms of what you know about Justin Fields. Because there's still some questions, right? Like there's still there's still some some very honest 
and critical and mature questions to be had. Like, we're not talking about the fringe stuff where people calling him a running quarterback still and all that other stuff and, and all the other stuff that, you know, the, the veiled discomfort or uncomfortable conversations that's around him. Like, we're not having those. I'm talking about seeing him with clean or dirty pockets, standing in, the, in that pocket, delivering the football, and also protecting himself better by getting out of the pocket and running the football, getting out of bounds. Like some of those growth moments that I think we've seen over the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't be mad at seeing a complete game put together by him just so that he goes into this offseason with a better taste in his mouth about what NFL football kind of taught him this year. And I understand it might be old school thinking, uh, but I don't I don't see much of a difference in, you know, the jumping up one spot. Uh, in, in a situation where you're going to trade it anyway. I mean, there's, there's only a, a few trade partners out there. And if you're looking for a wide receiver, I saw that Cincinnati Bengals trade where they're talking about the 28th and the second and the third and all that. To take that kind of jump down, I'd have to get a lot more than T. Higgins and a couple of picks, to be honest with you. And I don't even know what the trade value charts are these days. And I don't even know if teams still have them the same way that Jimmy Johnson used to have with the assigned point value and all that. But it's it's, you know... The, the draft, and, and I'll go back because I, I go back to what I, I was saying midway through this season. You know, the draft, draft well, right? Like, we see a lot of teams that draft high that don't draft well. I want to know what, what Ryan Poles is no matter what, right? So if you got the second pick, you got the third pick, draft well. You know, if you're the offensive line guy, I want to know if, if you can scout an offensive lineman. If there, if Peter Skaronsky or somebody is out there that, that you think should be taken with the third pick and people may have him slotted to the seventh or eighth pick, I want to I want to know if you take big swings and misses or if you take big swings and hit home runs. Like, I'm I, I fast-forwarding a little bit to the, to the draft process because I, I think that if you have a good drafter on your hands that the, the pick might not matter. And on top of it, if Will Anderson goes on to have a Hall of Fame career, you know, and, and you get the third pick and you get Jalen Carter. Well, guess what? <laughs> you got Justin Fields. You're supposed to win now, right? Will Anderson, if he turns into Vaughn Miller and you missed him just because you won against the Lions, then I'll come back here and say, my bad, whatever the case may be. But I'm more focused on number one because in the end, you know, you tell me who the pass rushers are for the Kansas City Chiefs right now, right? Like, Josh Allen, and this is the reason why Patrick Mahomes and that that Patrick Mahomes-Josh Allen conversation was always comical to me because one is Jordan and the other one is, you know, Clyde Drexler or, you know, another two guard who was great at the time, but ain't that dude. Like Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs and all those dudes that they got on defense and, you know, Brian Daybol goes on to the Giants and all of a sudden he starts turning over the football again. Like there's one guy. And if Justin Fields, I'm not calling him Patrick Mahomes, but if Justin Fields is the dude, then I think some of these other things, you know, are fungible. But if he isn't, then, you know, this conversation that we have is going to be null and void as is. So, yeah, man, looking forward to the new year, looking forward to the last Bears game of 2022. And hopefully they get a win and Justin Fields comes out of that thing clean and and, and healthy. The full goal with Jason Goff. So, you know, I was thinking about doing like one of those year in sports things, but my man Tony Gill has already got that covered for us. And I'm looking forward to, you know, Tony's recap of the year. But 
this year, you know, this year had had some wild, wild stories, right? This year, especially here locally. I mean, we, we talked about the, what the Chicago White Sox did to our confidence and our psyche and our egos as Chicago fans. We didn't talk a lot about the Cubs this year because, mind you, the Cubs are still trying to figure out life after Javi and, and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and them boys and now seemingly are on the track to taking this thing seriously once again, especially the way they play in the second half. And shout out to Tucker Barnhart. I know all of y'all tuned in this this evening or afternoon or whenever you're listening to uh, hear me break down the Tucker Barnhart sighting. Yay. Cubs got themselves a catcher. <laughs> Go get them. <laughs> but nah, this this year, man, for this podcast, uh, we, we talked to a lot of really, really outstanding musical guests, talked to some fun comedians, had some terrific guests. Shout out to Allison, the bounty hunter, the best in the business. She went out and got everything that we needed. Uh, Tony Gill was added to this podcast this year, and, and I'm very thankful for his presence. Shout out to our guy, Chris Tannehill, who rode with us for as long as he possibly could before we drew, you know, we, we drove his money up there over there at the score you know nice little leverage play by my guy over there I, I see you I see you shining and, and of course our guy Jesse Lopez who you know just happened to take the last part of the year off maybe that's maybe that's him telling us something that you know maybe maybe this new year ain't gonna be as fruitful as I think it is but I believe it is uh, I think this pod has kind of caught its stride and you know feeling you know understanding his voice and I am looking forward to whatever 2023 has uh, in store. Uh, I'm looking forward to shaking off any any bad energy and welcoming all the good energy. All those all those Instagram captions that y'all about to see over the next 48 hours or so. You know, moving into the new year and stepping over all you know what I mean. All those whack ass captions that you see from the the guys and the girls who you know gonna be involved in the same shit they was involved in the year before. Like that's what I'm looking forward to on this pod. Looking forward to uh, getting getting some of these Chicago athletes and coaches uh, on this thing a little bit more this year. We gave we gave them a season to uh, you know get their feet wet and sample the product. Now it's time to go as hard as we possibly can and you know as always shout out to Bill Simmons and the ringer and of course our guy Steve Cerruti you know he became a dad this year my guy Tony Gill got married right like this is a big year for a lot of people on this pod uh, what did I do this year <laughs> everybody's got like monumental events now I'm thinking about it I, I didn't Damn, do much, engaged. I did I did well that was last year that was was it no, that was last year. That was last oh. year. That was last year. It's been a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. But it was uh, it was on the heels of last year. I understand though. Look at you. Look at you trying to catch me up. Look at look at see, ladies and gentlemen. This is how you know when your people ain't shit. He tried to he tried to throw me under the bus just now, and and he said it with enough confidence that made me think like, oh damn, I, did I? No, no, I, I didn't. It was at the end of last year. So screw you, Tony Gill. You saboteur. <laughs> nah, man. But we, we really, really just want to tell you guys, um, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, when I first uh, jumped into this thing, uh, you guys go back and listen to the first pod if you want to. I wasn't sure about what or how this should sound. Uh, hell, I wasn't sure if, you know, this was – I won't say this was the right thing for me because I was sure about that, but I wasn't sure how it would come off. And through you guys' listenership and su- subscriptions and downloading this thing and all the things that we say at the end of the pod, they're true. 
They're true. I am truly grateful and appreciative for all of the energy that has been put into this pod, uh, whether it be by Tony Gill, by Jesse Lopez, by Allison, uh, by Steve Cerruti, uh, Bill Simmons, you know, my man, Big Waz, he, you know, he checks in every once in a while. Um, shout out to John Yastrzemski from New York, New York. Um, this thing is, you know, this thing has grown to a point where people are coming up to me in the street and saying, hey, man, listen to the pod. All y'all couldn't wait to to tag us on your Spotify end of the year raps, which I truly appreciate. Uh, kind of lets you know what, what your audience is doing, too, by the way. There was there was some names that I was surrounded by in some of these raps where I'm like, oh, are you are you sure that you like listening to me? Because that guy is 180 degrees you know, opposite of what I am. But I, I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate all of our guests. You know, we, we try to um, expose not only the city, but people outside of the city, because I know a lot of people think this is strictly a Chicago pod, but it's a Chicago pod that gets national ears and try to expose people outside of the city to some of the voices that don't get a lot of exposure. You know, the Megan Montemuros and the, you know, the Shakia Taylors of the world and, you know, just 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 the people that we rock with, that we read their stuff and we listen to their stuff and we want to hear their voice more of. So, you know, my man, Lawrence Holmes, you know, Adam Amin, like guys who are friends of mine outside of this thing that we do in this industry who jumped on here and provided their energy. Uh, Ozzy Gian jumping on here a couple of times and making it as fun as it possibly could be. You know, our guys, Lance Briggs and Alex Brown, team mates over there at NBC Sports Chicago and all the people at NBC Sports Chicago who jumped on this pod, right? Um, it's been it's been a, an, a, an eventful year. It's been an introspective year from a personal standpoint, uh, learning to understand my limits, <laughs> when it, whether it comes to work or life or relationships or sports viewing, right? Understanding that 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 happy medium of of making sure that your life is taken care of while also taking in all the sports that make us laugh and cry and scream at the television and curse and do all those things. I just hope that this year is whatever it's supposed to be for you. And that is not without the the misgivings and the misfortunes and all the, the bad energy that might come your way. But I hope that you're able to react and, um, you know, get over whatever you may think might be in your way. Because if you're listening to this pod, that means you made it through the year. That means that you get another day to be as great or as successful, as um, invigorated as you possibly can be. And for all the people who have hit me in the back channels of Twitter or Instagram and told me what this pod has done to them or done for them or, you know, how it's made them think differently. We've talked a lot about a lot of different things, right? Like we talked a lot of social justice stuff. We talked a lot of hot button issues that a lot of people don't want to touch on. And we've done it unapologetically so and I appreciate uh, the ringer and Bill Simmons and most importantly you guys for giving me that platform and that latitude to do so um, I you know I, I've got creative control over something for uh, seemingly the first time in my life and it's felt good and I know there, there are guardrails that need to be set in place and parameters that need to be refined a little bit and I'm not unaware of that I'm, I'm very aware of uh, my my faults and some of the things that I need to work on, but I truly appreciate you guys for uh, for just being a part of it, right? Like, you know, we're getting close closer and closer to that 200th episode, and when we were at episode one, I was thinking, man. 
Uh, people are going to be listening to this thing and you guys have turned up and turned out for me and I truly, truly appreciate you. So, Tony, uh, if there's anything else that you want to say before we get out of here, man, um, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful for your presence this year. Um, you are not only a stabilizing force on this pod, you're a person who keeps me honest in a way that uh, I don't even know if you know you do. Uh, and and looking at you and and feeling that energy when we're on these Zoom calls and you know some of the the conversations that we have outside of this and outside of the pod and some of the text messages that we share uh, they get me back into that you know that vibe that I had when it was you know, early golf right like when I was when I was really out here trying to move and shake and and uh, and disrupt some things and I think that 2023 uh, I'm going into with a clear head and more focused goals. And just a better vibe, right? Like I, I'm looking forward to some things that I have planned and some things that might be unplanned, but I'm looking forward to some things that I have planned uh, in this business that uh, will take not only this pod, but, you know, some other things to the next level. So I appreciate you. And, you know, as long as you, you, you'll be around, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a ask that you go everywhere with me because it's been, um, it's been great to not only watch your uh, growth, but also, watch your leadership skills be displayed on this pod, also on the sports adjacent pod and all the pods that you are uh, directing over there at NBC sports Chicago, my guy. Well, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, one for uh, bringing me a part of the, uh, the Ringerverse. Um, you know, following our guy, Tanny. Um, it's been a fun journey, man. Like just seeing how another space does it. Um, all of this has been, uh, uh, definitely a learning experience. Um, I got a, uh, a new, a new friend in, in Jesse Lopez, uh, <laughs> Steve Cerruti. Um, so they, you guys have embraced me and, uh, what I can bring, uh, differently to, uh, the podcast and, uh, man, I'm just enjoying it and I've enjoyed it all year. So, uh, shout out to you, Jason. Uh, hopefully, uh, when this 200 episode that you just kind of, you know, let, let, let your hair down and, and uh ride out man yeah yeah this is uh i feel this is going to be a different year for many reasons many many reasons different energy new energy good energy and hopefully to everybody out there uh enjoy your new year's eve you know enjoy all the football by the way by the way you know i know we got some pretty big football games coming up here on 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 new year's eve that's the other thing too man like we got bulls calves on new year's eve we got all the football that's happening on new year's eve for the college football playoff uh, i'm hoping michigan finds their way into the national title game because grew up a michigan fan over the last you know it's it's i'd say waned a little bit over the last you know half a decade but still root for uh, you know, the maize and blue. So looking forward to seeing uh, them beat up on TCU. And also, I think I think that Georgia team, you know, I think they might have something coming now. I could be wrong and they could trounce Ohio State 54 to like 20. But I think that game might be a little closer than people think. But all in all, it's going to be probably a Georgia versus Michigan final. And I'm looking forward to Michigan winning that national championship. We got a lot of time to talk about that because that won't be till like January 9th, I believe, or something like that. But other than that, make sure you guys go out there and, and uh, you know, consume responsibly. Okay, don't make any rash decisions. 
And I mean that literally as well. You don't want to be Willie Lump Lump out here going into 2023. Like, make sure that you are, <laughs> make sure that you are handling yourself properly, being safe as you possibly can. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of you know New Year's Eve hookups that go awry. Next thing you know, <laughs> you're looking around in October like, damn, <laughs> here come that baby. <laughs> like, just be careful, okay? And also consume wisely, okay? It's New Year's Eve. If you've been drinking swill all year long, put a couple bucks to the side, okay? Drink something good, right? Don't don't worry about the quantity. Worry about the quality. Bring in the New Year's with with energy and people that you love who love you back. Uh, And this is from me to you, too. Ditch all the people that you needed to ditch the entire year. Just 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 block them on your phone going into New Year's Eve. Don't even don't even have the New Year Happy New Year text come to your phone. And yes, you'd be like, oh, Jason, I thought it was about good energy. Yes, yeah, about good energy. But you need to remove the bad energy first. So you have our permission here at the Full Go Podcast to go ahead and block anybody who's been pissing you off for the entire year. I'm not that dude who's gonna be like, go reach out to someone that you haven't talked to in a while. No, 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 no. Stop talking to people that you should be talking to anymore make 2023 a year of refinement and trimming the fat okay and and if they get mad at you just tell them golf told you it was okay okay go ahead and start some uh some new things out here go 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 create some new bad relationships and some new bad habits in the year 2023 uh i'm only partially kidding so enjoy yourselves out there uh we truly truly appreciate you as always this is all the time that we have for episode 192 of the full go podcast happy new year to you man thank you for downloading this thing thank you for subscribing to this thing Thank you for rating and reviewing it. Thank you for sharing it with your family and friends. Whatever you do for this pod, we truly, truly appreciate you and have appreciated you for the last 360 some odd days for doing so. We will catch you guys in 2023 with all the love and all the energy and all the good vibes that we try to bring on a three times a week basis here at the Full Go Podcast. So for the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the active Jesse Lopez, and my main man, Tony Gill. I am Jason Goff telling you guys out there to take care of each other, be safe, and I will see you in 2023. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.